What's up, everybody? Welcome to What the Fun Cast, episode 78, recorded and released today, May 5th. Revenge of the 5th, apparently. I didn't realize that until, like, I don't know, an hour ago. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Paul, and joining me is the quarantined man himself, Ahmed, just like everyone else in the world. Sorry, you're not special. You're not the only one quarantined. But so. I did get a haircut. My barber you did, did get a, a haircut. Call. That's looking pretty fine. How much did you pay for that there haircut? 80 whole doll hairs. Because the struggle is real, but... I've come to terms with it. I consider it a charitable donation to my favorite barber who's been cutting my hair for three years. But Yeah, I hear you on that. That's good. Yeah. I just, uh, everyone's struggling. That's It's very unfortunate. But yeah, so. When he was like, $80, please, I was like, uh, okay, of course. <laughs> all this Venmo you. <laughs> Anyways, it was all Do good. Do you take uh, nickels and dimes? <laughs> Let me just see what pennies I have. <laughs> Shakes the piggy bank. Pennies falling all over the floor. Digs into the couch. Oh yeah. So, anyways, how are you doing? I'm doing shaking. Honestly, pretty well. I got a full night's sleep last night, which nice. has been rare because that is incredibly rare. Yeah, I think I guess Ramadan didn't start the last time we recorded. Um, no, we recorded two weeks ago. We missed last week. Yes, missed last week because I was genuinely dying. I was. I don't know if which I was. Doesn't sleep happen deprived often. Or, Nine times out of ten, yeah. it's me. I like had a splitting headache, and I was like, "That's it. I have coronavirus. This is how it begins." But oh, thankfully, oh my god! Thankfully, it's not what happened. I was totally fine. I think it was a combination of sleep deprivation and like not being used to fasting. Um, I think I didn't eat nearly enough as I should have the night before, um, or like drink enough, so I was dehydrated, and it was like everything. I don't know. I just needed to sleep. Um, so better now. All good. Um, getting used to fasting honestly it's not that hard considering i'm exerting zero energy i walk two steps from my bed to my desk and i walk two steps to the bathroom and i walk two steps back um so all's fine but yeah um so hold on we have a fox news alert coming out of the briefing center right now <laughs> we've just received word the catalina is now a five-star island <gasps> wow congratulations catalina Lauren is- has been aiming for this day so that she can Get on the podcast and show off her at her island. So now I gotta go buy a streaming card so Lauren can stream and show off her island to the world. Oh my god, we should do that. We should do a special episode where we show off all of our islands. That's so exciting. Congratulations, Lauren. Lauren, Ahmed says congratulations. And so do I. Congratulations. <laughs> I heard like a distant woo. Like, Lauren, would you like to come and make a comment? Your Academy Award. The Academy Award goes to Lauren. Of she said. <laughs> she said. You can tell them that it was my turnips that were holding me back. <laughs> oh my god, was it literally her turnips? It was the turnips, yeah, because they were like, mm, there's a lot of trash on this island. Oh my god, because they were out, they weren't in her house, I understand, okay. No, they were on the ground, out in like the open. Yeah, I'm saying they weren't in her house. Yeah, 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 they weren't, yeah. Yeah, yeah <laughs> she had them like in a farm. Well, I'm really glad that I didn't build out that farm, because I was really considering it, and I was like, that's a cute, cute idea, but... It's Ahmed not. said he's happy for your misery, and he's glad that he didn't build out a, a farm. I did build out a DIY he station. Didn't, he didn't really say that. I said he's happy for your misery, but what he said is he's happy that he didn't build a turnip farm, but, you know, he decided against it. Anyways. I do have my little DIY station, which has stuff out, which I'm sure they probably consider trash. But so, we were talking about it. that, too. I'm pretty sure that they, that they consider that trash, too. So, who knows? Eh, it's fine. Well, now that all my turnips are gone, let's see what Isabel says about my island. She's going, mm, still a zero-star island. <laughs> have you at least hit four stars? Uh, yeah, I hit four stars. Okay. Yeah, Let's it's talk basically island evals. You have to put up a Sword bunch of furniture. Island. Ugh, whack. 
but she like before she was telling me like oh you have to put more furniture out and then i built out my main street thing which is literally just furniture on top of furniture um and then she was like okay well now you have to build more flowers and i literally got like i don't know 30 flower seeds and just like showered the island in flowers and she was like five star island thanks and i was like okay are you kidding me she's like you can use some fencing i have like 1800,000 different <laughs> forms of fencing you don't need more types of fencing you just need more fencing in general i honestly don't have that much fencing and it was enough i have so much fencing i have fencing around everything oh i don't know what, what to tell you maybe not anyways isabel said choke and die <laughs> anyways in case you missed it this is what the fun cast animal crossing edition as it's been every day every week since animal crossing came out so it's literally not really but yeah so you're doing well you got your hair cut and then i cut you off and i had the uh we had the briefing room reached out and you know we had the briefing out. room reached what were you talking out? about um besides animal crossing oh you're dying yes that's right my me dying what you you weren't feeling well you had a splitting headache oh going on about that we, we're past that we're fine now um okay, besides good. animal crossing though for the past two weeks i actually have watched consumed oh, media oh my god what happened I accidentally just buried 99,000 bells in this tree. God <laughs> it's damn it. fine. You'll be good. It uh, doesn't come back, though. It's a max of 30,000, right? There's a small chance that it'll triple amounts over 10,000, but it's the maximum is 99,000. So, like, oh, we'll just get... Oh, okay, okay, okay. What? Or I think, no. The maximum I is 30,000. Yeah, maximum is 30,000 for a total of 90,000, so you'll lose 9,000. Oh, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. I thought the total was 10, 10, 10. Well, there's a higher percent chance that it will be that, but there's a small percent chance, small percent chance that it'll be 30, 30, 30. I love that for me. Good luck. That's <laughs> fine. I guess you anyway, find out sorry. in four days. It's fine. This is what I get for, for finishing up my tasks here during the podcast. So Honestly, I did that during my lunch break, because now that I don't eat during lunch, I just <laughs> play Animal Crossing. Oh, my God. Um, Let me eat. Apples in a virtual video game. Literally. Um, but anyways, I watched some I watched some TV. I finished Dairy Girls. Dairy Girls is an excellent show. It's super funny and it's super quick. It's only six episodes a season, and each episode's mm-hmm. like twenty minutes. Um, highly recommended. It's very, very funny. Um, I think you'd like it a lot. It's like a I guess it's a sitcom, because every episode is very disjointed from the next. It's not kind of an overarching story. Um, it's really good. And I've I watched... never heard of that until you told me about it. But then it's, again, I don't yeah. know. I'm not a good judge of character for you know catching up on the latest happenings of Netflix or anybody. It's um, it's been around for a while. It's it's technically oh, really? Netflix original in the U.S., but it's like an Irish TV show that's been adopted ah, for distribution in the U.S. Interesting. Um, but it's good. It's really really good. Um, and then I watched Unorthodox, which is the limited series on Netflix about the, um, like, Hasidic Jewish, Hasidic Jewish girl that escapes, um, Williamsburg and, like, runs off to Germany and tries to, you know, leave her life behind. Mm-hmm. Um, that's inspired by True Story. It's not based completely off of True Story, but, um, that was really, pretty good. Um, I liked it a lot. It's only four episodes. Each one's, like, an hour. So, I guess it's, like, a... Sorry, you said that's a Hulu show? Uh, Netflix. Netflix, okay. Yeah, it's a limited series. So, I think that's... I want to say it's done, but there might be a part two. I don't know. Mm. Um, but it was pretty good as well. It was really well done. It's like a kind of like a four hour long movie that you can watch in, in parts. But interesting. It was good. And then I started uh, Hollywood, which is another Netflix show original. I think that just came out a few days ago. Um, I just saw it at the top of my feed and I was like, sure, I'll watch this. I don't know. And it's pretty good so far. Um, it's definitely wild. And I think it's it's not it's kind of based in reality. Like they mentioned some famous, you know, actors names. Um, but I think it's, 
very much like a what Hollywood should have been as opposed to what Hollywood was. So I don't know how I feel about it. It's interesting to watch. Um, it's a little bit uncomfortable or a lot of bit uncomfortable at times. Um, so it's not. So it's not a musical. No, no, no. It's not a musical. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, because. Um, um, Okay, gotcha. Darren Chris is in it from Glee, though, right? Yes, Darren Chris is in it. Um, Laura Harrier from Spider-Man: Homecoming is in it. Um, okay. A few other people that I don't remember, but gotcha. Darren Chris is, I guess, the big, the big name. Gotcha, um, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so when when I heard that Darren Chris was in it, and he was obviously in Glee, and then it was called Hollywood. I thought it was like another Glee kind of show, but I guess no, that's not no, no, no. It's the same creator as Glee. It's Ryan Murphy, who I think. Also created, I don't want to say this because I don't want to sound stupid, so I'm just going to look it up before I say anything. <laughs> Ryan Murphy has created, yes, American Horror Story. Um, oh, Glee, really? Screen Queens, uh, The Politician, Nip Tuck. Interesting. He's on a lot of stuff. Um, so, I don't know. I experienced think experienced individual. It's pretty good. Um, I don't know if it's, I don't know. It's enjoyable to watch, so we'll keep okay. you posted. Um, and then we watched Underworld together. That was exciting. We had a little movie night on Saturday night because it was on Netflix. And we we're like, let's watch a trash movie together. Yes, that that movie is interesting. <laughs> I was it's telling Lauren that I could never get into those kinds of movies where it's like, I don't know. It's the... fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, they're interesting. Mm, anyways, I wanted to be a vampire when I was a kid. <laughs> well, yeah, that explains everything, right? M- more than just your like for Underworld. Listen, anyways. Um... <laughs> Yeah, we watched Underworld. Came, it went surprisingly well. We were all in like video chat watching on Netflix or whatever. We weren't using the the official like Netflix party things or whatever, just because. Um, so, is there an official Netflix party thing? It's not official, but like, it's the one that works. They're the ones that work, and like they sync it up so everyone is on the same, like seeing the same thing at the same time. But mm, I didn't want to watch on my computer. I wanted to watch on my TV. So, gotcha. I'm sure. I think a bunch of other people wanted to do that as well, including you. So. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. Okay, yeah, fair enough. It worked out pretty well. Anyways. Yeah, then, I would agree with that. It definitely worked out well. Yeah. And then I slept the rest of the time that I wasn't playing Animal Crossing. That's pretty much <laughs> what I've been doing. Sleeping, working. Oh, my God. Ugh, Amen work. to that. It takes up so much of my life now. And I'm like, wow, 7 p.m. Time to stop working, I guess. What time do you start working? Like 9.30. 9.30, okay. 10. So it's not like I'm working. So it's not like you're working a lot of hours. It's not like I'm working a lot of hours, but like it just feels like I wake up and I work until seven p.m. I'm like, wow, it's dark out now. Okay, it just feels like I'm wasting a lot of my time working, even though the hours aren't reflective of that. I don't know. It's fine. I see. I see you. Fair enough. And being at home all the time also doesn't help because it's like, hmm, can't wait to wake up tomorrow and roll out of my bed and go go to my desk again, and you know. Literally. And the weekend feels so short. It's like, wow. Monday again already, huh? I feel like Garfield. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like Garfield. So dumb. Truly. But no, I completely, I completely agree with you. And it's like, I don't know. It's like, oh, okay. Can't wait to, I don't know, relax for two seconds. And then that's why I got so mad because like you were making fun of me before. Oh, like he filled out my thing. It's like, oh, what have I been doing? He put sleeping at 8 p.m. Because literally... (laughs) <laughs> I've fallen asleep mad early because I'm always so tired. I don't know what to tell you. But then, yeah, when you think of it that way, like, you get up and you work all day, and then you fall asleep at 8 or 9 or whatever. You only have, like, two to three hours to yourself. Literally. When it's like, where's the work-life balance? It's like, work all day, and then you get to eat and maybe watch one thing, and you're like, okay, I gotta sleep so I can do it again. 
Yeah, but I don't know. My body's just like, by the time I'm done working, my body's like, okay, Mira, honey, stop. So, <laughs> I don't Mira, know what honey. to tell you. It's like, my body just says, no mas, uh, that's it. And it's like, oh, let's watch a movie. And my, my body's like, what if we slept? I always get my second wind, though. Like, when, like, right before, um, right before we hopped on to record around, like, 8 or whatever, I was like, mm, what if I took a nap? Like, I'm real tired. But now I'm, like, awake again. You just gotta, like, get through the lull. Yeah, I get that. But imagine if there is no second wind. Because <laughs> that's where I'm always at. My body's like, what if you never slept again? There and is. You just have to wait for it. She'll come. I promise. Mm, I, that's fake news. That is the True. fakest news I've heard in my day. Even with my headache, I was like, what if I just stayed up for a little bit more and tried to have free time? Because I really didn't want to go to sleep and, like waste the whole night and be like oh well I only so it's like funny you say that because it'll be especially on weekends i'm like oh i can't wait to stay up all night and play video games and stuff and then it's like nine o'clock and i'm like <gasps> and then i get so <laughs> mad at myself because i'm like oh my gosh there goes my opportunity to relax that's because you can't you have like a problem with sleeping it sleeping in i don't understand it sleeping yes i love sleeping you know what I don't understand how you, and I know a lot of people do this, it's not just you, you're not like the outlier here, this is like a normal thing, and I'm probably a weirdo. Mm-hmm. People are like, I can't sleep in past 7pm, or 7am, and I'm like, I haven't seen 7am on the clock in, I don't know, like, since, I don't know, the only time I wake up at 7am is to go ride roller coasters, like, that is the only exception, oh I don't ever God. wake up that early. You are ridiculous. On weekends, I am genuinely, like, I'll sleep in until 2 p.m. No problem. I could sleep till 5 if I wanted to. But I'm like, no, I'll see the sun for a little bit. That is ridiculous. Like, that is... I don't, I don't know. Anyways, I met, when Ahmed's a middle school child... I have... Yeah, that's probably accurate. <laughs> it's been like this since middle school. I can't oh ever God. change. I, fine. I don't know. I've never... Well, I used to be able to stay up or sleep that late when I would, like, stay up till 4 in the morning playing video games. But, I mean, otherwise... Psh- I mean, I guess, no, this has gotten worse over time. I used to be able to sleep in. Yeah. Four score and seven years ago. I feel like your issue is that you never put your phone on, like, do not disturb when you sleep. And so you're always, like, you wake up early because, like, some notification will come up and it'll, like, gently wake you up. And then, like, suddenly you're up at 7 a.m. and you can't go back to sleep. You should try turning off your phone at night. Maybe. Maybe I'll try that. I I saw this tweet or whatever when people, and it was like, Oh, people who sleep with their phones on Do Not Disturb don't care about nobody. And it's like, what the hell am I going to do? Like, call 911 if there's an emergency. I'm not the, like, what oh am I going to Like, what? Tell me about what happened later when I wake up. I st- <laughs> <You're> ridiculous. <laughs> but, like, genuinely, what am I going to do in that situation? Why call me? Oh, so. my God. Ahmed, you're our only hope. Uh, I'm sleeping. Literally, though. If I'm the only hope, I don't know. Something's got to change. Big effed. <laughs> Literally. Anyways, oh besides sleeping at 8 a.m. or 8 p.m., whatever, maybe, might as well be 8 a.m., super early. <laughs> Are we done dragging me? Would you like to drag me for a few more minutes to make you happy? We could. You What's could? the audience think? <sighs> oh, the hell was that? How was the audience watching, cheering? Ahmed's been watching too much Underworld. <laughs> no. Okay. So cheers. Anyways, go on. Ahmed's, Ahmed's goal of becoming a vampire is starting to become more and more real. Um, anyways, what have I been doing? I've been playing a lot of Animal Crossing. I like so, not to harp on Animal Crossing for too long, but to also harp on it. I <laughs> finally, like, I went back, I went through it. Like, I went through all stages of grief over my paths and where oh what God. I'm going to, how I'm going to make them. 
and it got to the point where I'm making paths, I'm getting little designs, putting them on top of the paths, and I'm like, oh, I don't like this, I can't figure it out, and I got it working, and I'm like, no, I don't like it. So ultimately, we landed on like, I don't know, the fact that I can't have like unlimited patterns doesn't help because then I have to make a decision, and you know, making decisions isn't fun. So, um, yeah. So, anyways, my paths are figured out now. I'm like, ooh. I can make a Starbucks area. I can make like a little coffee shop, whatever. I'm all creative now. Creative juices are flowing. Next thing you know, I'm going to be playing Minecraft soon, becoming famous or something. Oh my God. Yeah, um, once you have the basic layout down, it's it's pretty easy to start like seeing, okay, I have space here to do this. I have space here to do that, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, but so. then I watch a video and I'm like, hmm, what if I just dropped a nuke on my town and <laughs> start all over again? Me after watching a Haunted Mansion video. But luckily, the Haunted Mansion thing... So I don't, I don't even know how to link this. I'll retweet it on the What's Fun Podcast account. There's this person that basically recreated the Haunted Mansion um, from Disney World in their Animal Crossing house. So luckily, it's not like you have to raise your whole island to do something like that. Um, it's all within their house. Uh, but just people are super creative with this game. And it's inspiring, but also disheartening. <laughs> like, cool, yes. I'll never be able to build anything like this. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. And I know... That I'm never going to go through in, you know, I'm, I'm never going to go through and have any kind of island like that. I'm just not going to uh, because that's just not, I don't know. I don't play games like that to the point where it's, I don't know. I just, there, I reached like a breaking point with some games, even with Animal Crossing. This is probably the most I've ever played a Animal Crossing game before in my entire life. This is by and far the most. I think I played the GameCube one a lot, but I don't think this much. My mom I played the me. DS one a lot, but yeah, no, I've never played this much. And it, the whole quarantine thing also helps that, right? Because it's like, oh, what are we going to do after work? Well, can't go to the mall or can't do anything, so might as well play Animal Crossing. So, literally, you know, there's that. But I'm also reaching a point where it's like, oh, okay, like when my island is decorated to like a satisfactory level and or I hit five stars, I'm going to be like, okay, it's time to hit like my other games in my backlog. Because there's a lot of games that I want to play. And like Last of Us 2 comes out next month. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But... There are just so many games that I have downloaded that I've bought that I'm like, hmm, I should play these. But then I look at my Switch and I'm like, I could do that one thing in Animal Crossing I was thinking about doing. Like, oh, it's 9 p.m. I got to go build an incline so it's done for tomorrow. <laughs> like, you know, stupid stuff like that. So, Literally. yeah. But once you, well, I hit five stars. I guess we didn't talk about this, but I hit five stars finally. And it's like, now I just, I play for like 20 minutes just to do like the basic daily tasks, like dig up fossils or whatever check and see if anyone needs them and then i'm like all right what the hell was that sounds like somebody literally <laughs> threw their entire kitchen out the window <laughs> it feels it sounds like someone like dunked themselves into the garbage can Anyways, <laughs> so um shit what was i saying i totally lost my train of thought that you go through now. now that you have five stars you're oh, a cool kid yeah. cool cat it's, and kitten it's just, like, now I don't feel, like, pressure to be like, oh, I have to redo this, I have to do that, I have to do this. Like, I just go in, I hang out for a little bit, and I'm like, okay, that's enough for today. Like, there's no reason to spend more than 30 minutes playing. What um, I will say, one of my favorite parts of Animal Crossing is the bugs, the fish, and the fossils. Yes. Not so much the artwork, because I feel like I have no control over the artwork. Um, but, you know, that's that's another story. So. Yeah, Red has visited my island all of one time, and he said, I'm yeah. never coming back to Batu again, it smells. I'm like, okay. Like, thanks. There's only like 73 pieces of art that I have to get from you, but that's fine. Just never visit. Yeah, me. literally. Oh my god. I don't know, but it's 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 whatever. So but yeah, I mean, I'll definitely like play like the seasonal events. Like I played the midday event, and I'll definitely like make sure I collect whatever bugs and fish are needed before they like expire at the end of the month or whatever. Um, but besides that, like, there's no reason to kind of grind anymore. I can finally relax. 
I can finally relax. Literally, <laughs> it feels like, like I'm retired now. <laughs> oh my god, go to your farm and uh, rest like like Thanos. Literally, uh, <laughs> sitting there with your freaking uh, pickaxe, oh whatever. God. Anyways, but yeah, no, I I really enjoy catching new fish, and it's like. You know, not like gambling to some extent, but you get all the fish food and like you sit there and you fish and you try to catch stuff and whatever. So it's, and it's exciting. The uh, the collectible factor is fun. Yes. So I do like that a lot. Um, but yeah, so that's that's been one of the things where I, I've really enjoyed that piece. But the whole redecorating the island thing, I'm like, guys, like enough. I am so tired. <laughs> and I just keep going through it. But yeah, so no, it's been fun. I'm playing a lot of that, but I have disconnected a little bit from Animal Crossing, and I did play, I did try out Streets of Rage 4, that just came out last week, yeah, last week, I think it was last Thursday or Friday, and that is on Game Pass for PC and Xbox, so it's a beat-em-up, um, Streets of Rage was an old uh, Sega Genesis game, and they, like, pretty much didn't, they didn't remaster it, but they, they put it in, like, today's art style, and made Streets of Rage 4, which is obviously a direct sequel to Streets of Rage 3, um, and it's fun. It's hard. It's kind of tough to play with like one person. So I played for a little bit and then I like died, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes in. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm not starting all the way back from the beginning again. This so. is similar. It's a, you said beat them up. It's similar to like the old like X-Men arcade games, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Correct. Yes. Okay. And like Double Dragon and stuff like that. So. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Where genuinely have never heard of this before. So yeah. They, yeah. A beat em up is like when you've got a character moving along, like a side scrolling, like almost like a platformer kind of view where you've. But not necessarily because it's on like a two and a half D plane, where you're moving like along a, a line and like you can go up and down or whatever. But you like beat people up and then you hit bosses. You keep moving along, yeah. but it's all on a horizontal plane pretty much with some vertical movement here and there. But anyways, that was a lot of fun. Um, definitely want to play it if uh, if other people want to play together. That'd be cool. Um, Velocity Two X I played on Switch, and that is this older game. That feels like it's gotten ported to every single system now, but it's like, it's like a platformer, I guess, kind of. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a platformer to some extent, slash puzzle game. So, it was cheap, and I bought it uh, a while ago, and I finally got around to playing it, and it's uh, it's good fun. I I'm, I enjoy it. It's like a quick pick up and play, nothing to like sink my teeth into. It's all shorter levels, um, so it's uh, it's a fun little game. It's got a eighty seven percent on Metacritic. Came out in 2014. Okay, so well, they defined it. Yeah, they defined it as a shoot 'em up puzzle video game. So, I guess not so much a platform, more of like a shoot 'em up. But, um, yeah, so it just came out on Switch, I guess, somewhat recently. But yeah, it came out on Steam, I guess, whatever, five years ago, six years ago. So, um, I've been trying that out. That was fun. What else did I play? I think that's probably it. I downloaded uh, Gears Tactics on my PC. That I do intend to stream one of these days. And I downloaded Moving Out, which is the new game from the Overcooked developers. And that is also on Game Pass for free. Is so, it similar to Overcooked or is it a completely different concept? It's like the whole concept is like you move furniture with someone else. So it's like a cooperative game, very similar to Overcooked. Okay. But instead so, of cooking things, you're putting things in boxes. Yeah, or like moving furniture and stuff like that. So it seems it's gotten fairly good reviews, I believe. So it's... Uh, I have to give it a try. I don't know if there's online. It'd be cool if there was online, but I don't think there is. I think it's only couch co-op. So, um, but aside from that, I think those are all the video games that I played. Uh, let me hit my home screen. I'll be able to tell you. Let's see. Yeah, no, that is Play a little more guacamole, but nothing too substantial. Yeah, no, that's it. Um, 
And then yesterday for May the 4th, obviously Star Wars Day, we did watch The Rise of Skywalker again. So that was interesting. Knowing what happens going into it, it was it's still an enjoyable movie. I don't know. I, I enjoyed Act 3. The fact that they reference one of the scenes towards the end and they compare it to the portal scene in Endgame still pisses me off. And I'm like, y'all are crazy because there's <laughs> not even a little sliver of comparison there. But okay, go off. Um, so, you know, but anyways, it is a, it's a good movie. It's, well, it's not a good movie. It's an enjoyable movie. I can, I can <laughs> see where track. people get angry. It's, I don't know. It is what it is. I don't know what to say. I need to rewatch it. I meant to watch a Star Wars movie yesterday, but I didn't. Well, so I <laughs> wanted to watch it and I'm like, listen, I'm not paying any number of dollars for this movie. I'm just going to wait until it's like dropped into my lap or, you know. It comes out on Disney Plus, and I'm online, and it's like, oh, Disney Plus release is coming out, whatever, and freaking, I don't know, never, summertime sometime. I'm like, okay, whatever, I'll just never see this movie. And then Disney was like, hey, we're bringing in the release date, just like everything else. Big surprise there. You know, we're going to release it now, um, pretty, you know, whatever, for May the 4th, so that was pretty cool. But um, aside from that, that's all I've been doing. So a, a lot of Animal Crossing, really, is the moral of that story. Literally. We just love to cross some animals. It's very relaxing. I've, I've been enjoying it. So, it's um, such a... but why don't we move into uh, some of the hot tops? Let's do it. We're gonna get the bad news out of the way first. But luckily, this isn't like bad, like actual sad news. It's just it's bad. It's just it's annoying news. news. <laughs> um, so Tiger King isn't over yet. Um, unfortunately, this one comes from Variety. Nicolas Cage is actually set to star in a scripted series centered on Joe Exotic, uh, the subject of the Netflix docu series Tiger King. Uh, Variety has learned exclusively. The eight-episode series is being produced by Imagine Television Studios and CBS Television Studios. Uh, it will be taken to market in the coming days, and it is based on the Texas Monthly article, Joe Exotic, A Dark Journey into the World of a Man Gone Wild, by Leif Riegstad. Um, CBS TV Studios optioned the article in June of 2019. So this kind of tells me that it doesn't seem like they're totally capitalizing on the docu series. It seems like they were already kind of looking for something like this way back in June of 2019. I don't know, maybe they had already heard about Netflix's docuseries, but I don't think anyone could have predicted how huge it would be. Or maybe they would have. I don't know. Um, Once again, because of the quarantine, I still stand behind that. Yeah, I don't think it would have been nearly as crazy popular if it wasn't for quarantine, because it came out a little bit before it all happened. One of my coworkers was like, you have to watch Tiger King. And I'm like, I don't even know what that is. And then everything closed down, and suddenly everyone knew what Tiger King was. So, yeah, you're probably right. Um, That would be my guess, but yes. Very interesting. I'm, I'm... Surprised that they got Nicolas Cage for a CBS show, unless this is going on their streaming service. But like, no oh, one has God. that, so no one's gonna watch this. So it's fine. Um, but yeah, very interesting. Nicolas Cage, you do you, I guess. Just make National Treasure three and stop starring in stupid shows and movies. <laughs> I mean, maybe like if you look, if you knows. look up his movies, I'm gonna look them up right now. I'm pretty sure if you look him up and like what his average score on Rotten Tomatoes is, it's like a zero. <laughs> There's no way he's been in... Okay. I mean, it's he's not, never been in, like, a critically acclaimed movie. Well, actually, no. I'm, apparently, Mandy, that horror movie that's on, like, Shudder or whatever, is pretty good. Okay, so maybe I lied. Maybe it's not as bad as I'm making it out to be. Nicholas <laughs> like Cage. Zero. Like, he's not terrible. He's not great. Low, lowest rated, zero. Grand <laughs> Isle, 2019. What is highest, that? Highest rated, 97%. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. 
Uh, Wait. Film, filmography. Here we go. Oh, yeah. He was in Spider-Verse. Okay. You're right. You're right. He's a diverse Just saying all man. those numbers together, I'm like, wait a second. Those are all action <laughs> or like movies that came out. Um, 1, 12, 85, 61, 71, 20, 28, 0. Oh, he was a producer in A Thousand Words. That garbage, what was it, Eddie Murphy? Not Eddie Murphy. A Thousand that Words. Movie? It is Eddie Murphy. It is Eddie Murphy, okay. 1810, wow. 47, 11, 40. We're back to a Sorcerer's Apprentice at this point. Kick-ass, 76%. Uh, 85, 50, G-Force at a 22%, uh, Knowing at a 33%, Bangkok Dangerous at an 8%, National Treasure Book of Secrets at a 36%, um, Planet Terror, Grindhouse Presents Robert Rodriguez's Planet Terror at 74%. This list goes on forever. Yeah, he's been in a lot of movies. Hold on, we're almost done, I think. No, we're not. I scrolled down all the way to the bottom. Paul, you're at, like, the top. (laughs) It goes on forever. No, I'm almost done. What are you talking about? You're still at, like, Grindhouse, which is 84%. And there's still, like, at least 50 other movies under that. Okay, there's a lot. But anyways, case in point being, if I were to tally up... I'm not going to go through this effort. This is too much effort. There's no way you're going to be average Wait a second. I can sort by reading. Um, Okay, let me just tell you that the bad outweighs the... Oh, maybe it's about even. Anyways. It's about... he, He runs the whole gamut. He's got literally from 0 to 97 (laughs) <laughs> too bad he doesn't have a hundred maybe this will be it he's joe exotic a renaissance man he's diverse listen i'm a big fan of nicholas cage i just i don't know i think I, he'll do great as joe exotic honestly oh i, I think he will i think he think will do great as joe exotic and when lauren and i were person. talking about it, she was like wait a second yes and i was like <laughs> yes but i don't know if it's necessary because i don't know that anything in a scripted series could be nearly as wild as the reality of it. Like, there's no reason to make it, like, to dramatize it, because it's already so ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous, and I just, I, I don't know. <laughs> Mike, okay. I mean, more Joe Exotic content. We love that for all of us, and Ugh. and I mean, also for Twitter. Maybe by the time it actually comes out, we'll have, uh, you know, have renewed interest in Tiger King. Or maybe, uh, who's who to knows? say? Who knows? It's It's... It's absolute madness, but it's okay. Yes. And speaking of things, exotic. speaking of things that are probably never happening. I mean, it's probably going to happen. It's just going to be delayed. Um, I don't even know what that segue was, but <laughs> Epic Universe, which is Universal's, segue. yeah, sorry, <laughs> Epic That's Universe, which is Universal's uh, newest theme park gate in Orlando area, I guess, um, is being delayed, or at least construction is being delayed. Um, this one comes from WESH, which is the local. NBC affiliate down in Central Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, executive said during an earnings call Thursday morning that construction has been delayed, but did not provide details about how it would affect the project's timeline during the call. Um, Comcast executive said in October that Universal's Epic St- Universe theme park was set to open in Orlando in 2023, but the Orange County Mayor Jerry Demings revealed Thursday that he has been told construction has been delayed a year. Oof. Which isn't really the isn't the who's the mayor is it orange county wait i'm so confused because i'm i'm thinking of the name of the mayor 
The guy on... that talks at Orlando Airport? Yeah, the one that talks on the little people mover thing. And it, yes. I, I thought his name was like Buddy. <laughs> what is the... What? Hold on. Orange. So I'm looking for my dad. <laughs> County, Florida. Sorry for my typing. I don't, my keyboard's loud as hell. Is it actually? Okay, so it is Orange County. That is real. Because I was like, Orange County, did they get like the California mayor? Uh, Orange did County mayor. California mayor. Florida. I met Untamed. Yeah, it is Jerry Demings. I don't know who who's the man that speaks in the thing. Then is it? I think that say might Jerry? be him. That name sounds familiar. I don't know why in my head it's Buddy, but okay, <laughs> sure. Anyways, oh, so that sucks. A year is is big, but I mean, I don't know. I guess you can't have construction in a way that is safe for everyone. Um, so so there. I, it's understandable. Well, yeah, I, there are ways, but you know, saying that it's going to be delayed by a year is. In my opinion, a lot. I mean, I get where they're coming from, but at the same time, I don't know. That's that's a long time. A, a year is... I mean, we don't know what the long-term impacts are going to be of coronavirus, right? We don't know where it's going to put us. It probably will put everybody slash construction that far behind. But at the same time, I don't know. It's A year, I think, is a lot to, to call right now. I think it's also... It's not just a factor of how soon can everyone like get back to work i think it's also a factor of money um if you so further on this yes. article it says during the call comcast said theme park revenue is down 32 percent in the first quarter of 2020 and obviously they're going to be much uh, greater in the second quarter because the second quarter is when it actually is fully closed correct um, so i'm assuming that they're probably going to try to dial back and wait until things reopen and they actually have a revenue stream to fund this all i mean granted comcast universal has money. a ton of money but, um, yeah, so I don't know if you yeah. saw today, Disney missed their um, earnings expectations by 32% as well. I mean, that's expected. It, it is expected, but this isn't even the worst of yeah. what, like you said, they've been closing the second quarter. But I don't know. It's it's a mess. And, you know, believe me, I want everything to open up again just as much as the next person. But we have to wait until everything makes sense. And, and I think that a lot of these executives of the theme parks... Um, or people that are in charge of the theme parks have made that particularly clear, which is good. And it's a good sign because this way, you know, there should be no, hopefully there should be, you know, we'll open when it makes sense and, and everything. So I don't know. It's, it's tough, but I think that there's going to be a lot of these articles, a lot of these tough articles of like, you know, ABC XYZ is delayed and or canceled and or indefinitely postponed. Like, during the Disney earnings thing today, they kept saying, oh, you know, we still have big plans for the parks, but they are going to reduce capital investments pretty much for the foreseeable future to offset the profits that they're losing on. And that makes sense. But yeah, while it's also disappointing. The, the 50th, and you'd think that they were going to go like all out, and I'm assuming they're probably not going to go all out. There well, might they not be like. They would have, yeah. There might not even be much of a celebration. Like, there will be a celebration, I'm sure. I don't think they would go without celebrating because that's a marketing opportunity that's missed. But. What will things look like next year after all of this is blown over? Hopefully have blown over by then. So yeah. We shall see. I mean, luckily there are a lot of things in the pipeline to draw people back into the parks. Um, hopefully they're not delayed too long because I know construction hasn't obviously been happening. But So what I did read from the earnings uh, call today for Disney especially is that a lot of stuff is still happening. So I think there's a lot of stuff going on like the animation studios and stuff like that. Um, that is still actively happening, like writing, development, stuff like that. But as far as theme park work and stuff like that, I, I, 
I don't know. I don't get a warm and fuzzy that that is all proceeding as normal. I, no, I imagine they're going to stop on a lot of that. I, I'm sure. I think they already have stopped construction on a lot of things. Like They've stopped construction, but even the engineering work that goes into it. Like I, I remember seeing something that they were filing for permits for. Maybe that was Epic Universe they filed building permits for. So there are teams that are still working, just not nearly yeah, the normal just, amount of teams that would be working. Exactly, yeah. I mean, when you watch like something like the um, the Imagineering story, and you see like how these crews are are building things, like it's a lot of people, and there's no way that yeah. they can like the all the rocks in like Pandora or Radiator Springs, for example, are literally hand carved and hand like painted. Like they're yeah. not. There's no machine that does that. So like it's a it's a crew of like hundreds and hundreds of people. So. There's no way that they can work all safely together without, you know, risking spreading. So, uh, so all that stuff is obviously definitely halted. But yeah, yeah, and which which that makes sense, and that's just being safe, and that's looking out for the betterment of the teams, and we don't want people at risk and and all that because that's you know, that's the right thing to do. So I think that that's the right move for Disney to make. Yeah, but, we just have to wait a little bit longer. It's okay. Yeah, it's fine. I might you know me being selfish it's like okay we go into d23 2021 if that even happens and <laughs> there's you know not as many announcements if really any right because now it's all long-term announcements of stuff that's not going to happen for a while so yeah. but listen we'll that's all first world issues you just hope that everyone's have you know healthy and and everyone just gets through this and that's the for biggest thing sure by and the way lighter news Yes, in lighter news, let me tell you about my dinner, because I forgot (laughs) to tell you about my dinner. So I'm sitting here reflecting on it. So we went to Costco today, and this is the most off-the-walls podcast. Anyways, so (laughs) we went to Costco tonight, and we needed, like, some, like, fresh fruit, fresh vegetables, whatever. So we're poking around, and, of course, if you've been to a grocery store lately, you know that most of the meat section is, like, decimated. There's no meat anywhere now, because there's meat shortages. So that's wonderful. So we look in like the previous previously prepared food section, like the the section where they you know carry like meals that you can pretty much throw in the, in the oven and whatever that Costco has. So we're like, okay, let's look here. So I'm looking around and I'm like, oh yo, there's flank steak, and I'm like, I love a good flank steak. So sure enough, I'm looking at this flank steak and it's like cilantro lime flank steak, and I'm like, ooh, we should try this. And it's already pre-marinated. Wow, marinated. <laughs> marinated, <laughs> um, yes marinated yes marinated and it looked so good so anyways we got it and we had that for dinner so so everyone knows i told him that i would tell everybody what, what i had for dinner on the podcast because i think i don't know i feel like it's been the best quarantine meal so far and then i also got scallops which i never buy scallops because they're expensive Ooh, and i was like the fancy i'm dinner. gonna i'm gonna make scallops and lauren doesn't like them but i really like them so you know um they were delicious. So I had these four scallops, and they're like decent sized. So I had scallops, and we had flank steak, and we had Caesar salad, and we had yellow rice. Delicious. Anyways, we can go on oh. to the next topic now. All right, hold on. I forgot to brag about dinners. Yesterday, I made corn <laughs> cheese. <laughs> and when I tell you it was so goddamn good, corn cheese, for those uninitiated, is one of the best things to get if you're at a Korean restaurant, a Korean like barbecue restaurant or whatever, or any traditional Korean restaurant. It's basically what they think American food is, kind of like how we think Chinese food is like dumplings and, well, I guess dumplings is a thing, but like General Tso's chicken, that's not real Chinese food. But like in Korea, American food is like, oh, they like corn and cheese, so corn cheese. Um, so it's literally just a bunch of corn, <laughs> some mayonnaise, some sugar, and a bunch of mozzarella cheese, and you're like, oh, the there's oven. mayonnaise in it? 
Yeah, just a little bit. Oh, it's like I didn't a teaspoon that. or a tablespoon. Oh, it's so good. You don't like Stop. mayonnaise? You're I do wrong. like mayonnaise, but like then when I think about it being in something like corn cheese, I'm like, oh no, why? No, 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 no. It's absolutely delicious. Oh my god, it came out so it literally took all of five minutes to make. It was like quicker to make than it was to make eggs. So try it. All you need I mean, is a can I mean, I one hundred percent believe. So let me tell you about the corn. We were at Costco, <laughs> and we're like, we need corn. I think that's why Lauren was looking for the corn. So there is no corn, no canned corn there. They only had like the giant, like truly end of the world corn, where it was like the the can that's like I don't know, like a five gallon drum of corn. And oh we're like, no, 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 God. we're not getting that corn. Just go to the regular grocery store. They have corn. I promise. Target has corn. Oh man, I should go to Target. Anyways, maybe that'll be tomorrow's adventure. Yeah, I used Target brand corn. It was good. Anyways, oh, man. Anyways, all right. So moving on to things that are not food. Happy belated yes. Star Wars Day, everyone. May the fourth be with you. And in these difficult times. What is today? The the Revenge of the Fifth. Yes. Revenge okay. of the Fifth. Yeah. I don't know if I. I don't know if I fall for that. It sounds like fake news. Tomorrow could be Revenge of the Sixth. That makes more sense. Ah, that bit. does make more sense. That does make more sense. But uh, alas, they're not going to have like crazy sales at the Disney store and everything like that for Revenge of the Sixth. So yes, but we but, do have a, a bunch of actually updates. There's this one in the in the entertainment section, a few things in the gaming section. So yes, there are. Take these. Yeah. So yeah, we so we actually reported on one of these already uh, some time ago in episode sixty nine. A nice. <laughs> Which was recorded on January 17th, uh, and this is pretty cool. This one comes from Engadget, uh, who does report that Oscar winner Taika Waititi is directing, or will be directing, a Star Wars movie. Uh, so, apparently he hates Apple keyboards. We don't know the story behind that. We're not going to look it up. We're too lazy. So, <laughs> the Engadget like, subtitle literally says, the notable Apple keyboard hater is also writing co-writing a film. Like, so, that's what he's notable for? He's done a bunch of other things, like won an Oscar. I don't know. Yeah. So he did Jojo Rabbit, uh, Thor Ragnarok, and uh, he's going to collaborate with. Uh, oh, he'll, he'll sorry, he'll collaborate on the Star Wars script with 1917 co-writer Christy Wilson Carnes. So that's pretty cool stuff. Uh, so let's go back here, and so Engadget does report that um, Disney has lined up Academy Award winner. Uh, Taika Waititi to direct and co-write a Star Wars movie. Waititi already has some professional experience with that universe as he directed the season finale of The Mandalorian, which I think we report on as well. It's one of the number one uh, number. Sorry, it's one of a number of upcoming Star Wars projects. A trilogy from the last Jedi director Ryan Johnson is still on the docket, which we've talked about before. At least three Disney Plus Star Wars shows are in development. We've also talked about that, I believe. And another season of Mandalorian is in the works, and I believe that's actually been wrapped up. Uh, production's been wrapped up, I believe, on that. So, um, we'll see what happens there. Game of Thrones creators David Benioff and D.B. Weiss were also supposed to make a Star Wars trilogy, but they're focusing on Netflix projects instead. The next Star Wars movie is scheduled for a December 2022 release. That may come a little too soon for YTT's flick, as he's directing Thor Love and Thunder, which is penciled in for February of that year. He is also working on an animated Charlie and the Chocolate Factory series for Netflix, when did that That's, happen? I had no idea. That's like brand new news to me. As Anyways, we have a Fox News alert. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I did not know that. Interesting. Okay, fair enough. He's a um, he's a Renaissance man. He's getting around. I love that man. Anyways, him and Nicolas Cage, Renaissance men, if you will. <laughs> Truly, um, and also this as a random sidebar. Um, yesterday was also the release of the Mandalorian making of series or whatever. I forgot what it's called. It's called like Disney something. Um, I guess it's like a, a series where they do like the behind the scenes of a bunch of shows. Yes, yes. Um, uh, it's like, I'll look it up. Gal- I don't know what it's called. Disney I Gallery, guess. I think. 
I yeah, like the the logo is in my head, but I can't think of what it is. Please, yeah, hold. I can't think of it either. But um, but yeah, that's that's out officially, and they talk about it's. I guess they have like a roundtable of all the directors of all the different episodes, and they um talk about the creation of the show and a little bit behind the scenes stuff. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, I haven't Disney, watched it yet. But Disney Gallery, Star Wars, The Mandalorian. There we go. How many episodes is it, or is it just one long thing? It is, uh, I think it might be released week by week, because it says season one, uh, episode one, directing, 32 minutes. Oh, okay. Interesting. So, yeah, the first episode is officially out. Yeah. Uh, okay, I, I was thinking that. of Empire of Dreams, the story of the Star Wars trilogy. Oh, I don't know about all that. Um, but, yeah, I forgot that Disney Plus does the episodic thing where they release things once a week, which I like. I just forgot. Yeah, um, you and me both. But anyways... Moving into other Star Wars goodies, I haven't downloaded this yet, but as we all know, I own a droid, Monsieur Boo Boo 8, um, and they released an, a Droid Depot app yesterday, I guess, I don't know if this was always in the works or if this is kind of an effort to bring people, like bring a little bit of the magic of the parks home, um, but this is kind of a first because originally when you build your droid, you just get a little physical remote, um, but now there's an app. Um, so available for free on the Apple uh, App Store and Google Play. This one comes directly from the Disney Parks blog, by the way. Um, I they or I'll quote: um, Bring your BB series or R series astromech droid unit from Droid Depot to life for a gal- uh, galactic experience at home. While these droids can interact with elements in the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge land, now your droids can interact with you at home. Uh, for those of you who haven't built an astro astromech droid unit yet, you're in luck because you can also channel your inner droid builder and an all-new virtual experience where you can build a digital droid and create a whole new collection or a whole virtual collection of droids. Um, but for those with a physical droid, uh, says you can join the resistance and sync up your droid depot astromech unit. Um, every Jedi, Sith Lord, and Rebel alike will be able to program their droids, customize them by name, see their profiles, and pilot them on a virtual path around their home by activating or activating sounds and maneuvers using the app. Uh, you'll also be able to choose some of your favorite galactic jams by DJ Rex straight from Oga's Cantina and choreograph your droid to dance its way through your home. Um, I haven't actually tried this yet, but I do plan on it. Um, I don't know if the batteries on my droid are even still functional, but we'll see. <laughs> I haven't turned them on in a while. Okay, he's probably lonely. Boo is dead. No, he's just asleep. <laughs> he's in deep sleep. So obviously we've moved into the hot tops for... Uh, the gaming world now, and Ahmed is going to be downloading this um, this app. But amongst the other May the 4th uh, announcements that were made, the VR game play, uh, Vader Immortal is coming to PlayStation VR this summer. Uh, so this one comes from Polygon, who says, uh, Star Wars Immortal, Star Wars Vader Immortal coming to PSVR this summer. Uh, last year, three episodes of Vader Immortal, a virtual reality series set in the Star Wars universe, launched on Oculus devices. On Monday, creators ILMX Lab announced that Vader Immortal will come to PlayStation VR later this summer. Executive creative producer Mark S. Miller revealed some behind-the-scenes details about the creation of Vader Immortal on the PlayStation blog. Miller discussed how hard the ILM X Lab... Uh, I wonder if that's like Ilm, Ilmix Lab. Anyways, it's I don't know. definitely Industrial Light and Magic Lab. Yeah, no, I know, but, but they, they <laughs> shorten they, it here. Ilmix so, Lab? I don't know. The Industrial Light and Music... Wait, Magic? Music? What did you just say? I thought it was Magic. Is it not Magic? I think it is Magic. But anyways, alongside Ninja Theory, to get the feel of a lightsaber just right and how imposing the famous Darth Vader needed to feel in person, something our impressions uh, say the studio got right. 
For those unaware, Vader Immortal follows the story of a Force-sensitive smuggler who gets conscripted into Darth Vader's service. As part of Vader's quest to resurrect his wife, Padme, who died of a broken heart after childbirth, spanning three episodes, uh, the game lets players battle with the lightsaber in hand or use the Force powers to throw around enemies. So this got fairly good reviews um, on the Oculus devices, and a lot of people actually bought the Oculus devices just to play this game. Isn't so, this also like a standalone experience? Because I remember seeing it boxed up at Best Buy as its own thing that you can buy, like, preset. Or am I making uh, that up? Or is that something completely different? Hold on. Let's look. Vader Immortal. Like something by, like, LG or something? Oh, no, 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 no. The all-in-one thing that you're thinking of was a product that was made. Um, oh, man. Didn't we try it out at D23? Or I tried out the Marvel one. You tried um, out the Marvel one. What it's like the, a it's like a stub lightsaber stub, and like it makes noise and stuff when you move it around. I know exactly what you're no, talking about. Oh, maybe it's not LG. I'm thinking of something. There's like a VR experience. I don't know if it was Vader Immortal, but I remember seeing it in a box, and I was like, "This looks like a child's no, toy." No, it's but. not. I, I, you're. It is a child's toy, and it is called. But it looked like it was a, a game. Lenovo, that's what it was. Sorry, Star Wars Jedi Challenges by Lenovo. There you go. That's the one. And it's an actual like it, it's it's a it, it's a VR headset with like a, a the hilt of a lightsaber, and it's like a a VR experience, I guess. Correct. Um, so that's not what's coming. This is different. Oh, this no. is a smart. This is a smartphone app, anyways. Imagine yeah, paying ninety five dollars is... for a VR headset that just holds your phone. Yeah. Anyways, remember when it's anyways. in stock on May twelfth on Amazon? So clearly, clearly, people are buying it. It has but... four stars. People <sighs> are enjoying it too. Totally worth it. Anyways, whatever. But yes, uh, no. This is a full fledged game coming to PSVR, and apparently, each of the episodes are only ten dollars each. So, which is pretty cool. So, we'll how see many what episodes are there? Three. Oh, that's not bad at all. No, it's um, not. And then on the topic of well. Let's finish talking about this, I guess. But there's another VR game that was announced as well while we're on the topic of VR, um, which was... Well, I'll I'll bring it up now. Uh, Walking Dead Saints and Sinners. And that was also a very highly rated game, even though you think, oh, Walking Dead, it's probably trash. It actually got really good reviews um, for PC VR. So, And that was announced coming to PlayStation VR... I think it's actually out now. Yeah, I think it's out now. So that was pretty cool. But yeah, I'm super stoked for this because I watched some videos on it. So I'm like, I'm never going to buy a PC headset. So I'll just watch some videos. And it looked pretty cool. Like, I'm sure it's probably not like the greatest experience because you always have to level set your expectations with VR games because most of the time it's not 100% what you expect. But I'm excited. This looks good. And it should be, it is notable that ILMX Lab is, um, was behind the Star Wars, uh, VR experience at the void. The void. Oh, see, that's what I thought. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, so remember they that were time? Already responsible for really super immersive VR experience. So I expect good things from this. Remember when? When we met Diego Luna. Yes, I'll never forget. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, rounding out the May the Fourth updates, uh, Jedi Fallen Order has a free update. Um, this one comes from Polygon. The free update includes new cosmetics, combat challenges, and arenas pulled from different areas in the game, and the ability to customize your own combat challenges. Um, new cosmetics include a variety of paint jobs from BD1, but more importantly, you can finally turn Cal's lightsaber red. The new color comes with the new Inquisitor uniform outfit as well that makes Cal look like one of the elite Jedi hunters that he spends most of the game fighting. Uh, the update will also let players jump back into the story mode with a new Journey Plus feature, which lets players use all of their previously unlocked cosmetics. Um... 
And using New Journey Plus will also unlock the red lightsaber and Inquisitor uniform. Uh, that's interesting. I wonder if it also allows you to play with your previously unlocked abilities or if it's just the cosmetics, because what's the point? Yeah, so I, I agree with you there. And it's interesting because I ended up selling or like selling off my copy of the game. So I'm like, oh, I'm done with it. Like, I'm just going to get rid of it. And then I told Lauren, I'm like, watch, as soon as I sell this game, they're going to be like, hmm, we're going to put out an update or something. <laughs> so at least it wasn't freaking like new, like single player material. But hey, did you watch the video on like what they're bringing to the game? I did. So I did. it looks, it looks pretty good. I mean, like the challenge courses look really cool. Um, yeah, it looks, looks like a fun waste of time. I was going to say, let it be clear. I would never play it, but <laughs> yeah. you know. It's it's one of those things that does look pretty cool. So it's kind of like me with the Spider Man DLC, which I still haven't beat because it's so ridiculously hard. Like I don't know why they were like, "Oh, this is a DLC. What if we wrap the difficulty up to 1,000? And I'm like, yes, "What the I hell agree. is this?" I agree with you. Um, but yeah, I want to boot and up that game. Just take a walk through the city, just to see what yeah. it feels like again. <laughs> just to see what it's like to be outside again. <laughs> Literally. But yeah, no, I I downloaded all those DLCs and played zero of them. So. I beat the first one. I had represented the first one, but then the second one was insanely hard, so I just gave up, and that was fine for me. But yeah, it is what it is, so it's fine. It's it all good. What it is. Speaking of how things will be, how oh they God. is, Here we go. what they is, me with my bad segues. You want to take this next one? Sure. So Jeff Keeley took it to Twitter and started going off about um, something that he kind of alluded to in the past, and it's about this whole digital game festival and doing like kind of like an E3, but digitally, obviously in this crazy world that we live in now, um, and you know what what a change looks like. Obviously, we know E3 is canceled. We know uh, San Diego Comic Con is canceled. So let's go to Mr. Jeff Keeley's Twitter account. So he tweeted on May first, uh, so last Friday. It's time to play the future, and he did one of those things where you know he writes his little essay in a in a in the notes document or notes app on. Um, on his iPhone and then take a screenshot of it. So I will read it to you very quickly here. Um, and I'm going to close my eyes because I'm telling you, if I see a last of a spoiler, I'm going to kill someone. A last um, of a spoiler where people are like putting them in comments everywhere. It's ridiculous. Anyways. Okay. Don't scroll down. So, um, I mean, I don't think there's a spoiler under it, but don't scroll down just in case. So he says here, since I was a kid, one of my favorite parts of the summer has been seeing all the video game companies band together to hype us up about the future of this incredible medium. This year has been a challenge for all of us. For a while, I thought 2020 might be a first, the first time in 25 years that we didn't have a big, magic, industry-wide moment. It really bummed me out to see everything fracture. More than ever, this is a year we need a positive, uplifting center of gravity to bring this global community together. So that's what we're going to build. Today, I'm proud to announce Summer Game Fest, a four-month-long season of news events from all your favorite game publishers and platforms. It's all the news you've been waiting for, but also in-game events playable content and demos of select titles and a bunch of fun surprises summer game fest isn't a singular show but a whole season for events the schedule hub at summergamefest.com will guide you through the next four months to make sure you don't miss a thing and trust me there are some amazing events coming and i'm working on some plans for a developer showcase with my friends at am 8-bit and of course gamescom onl oh 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 okay 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 of course gamescom onl which is what they're calling their digital event on August 24th as a big season finale. Thanks to all the game companies and developers who are working hard under challenging circumstances to keep us entertained. I hope Summer Game Fest is a way to show these artists just how much their work helps us get through uncertain and scary times. Keep playing the future. Gaming is about to get really bright this summer. And then he followed up with a number of principles guide Summer Game Fest, digital events, in-game events, and playable content. 
you already know about Steam Game Festival, and today we're also announcing that Xbox is planning a playable Game Festival 2 this summer. More to come. So this is really great, and I give a lot of credit to Jeff Keighley, because on the Summer Game Festival uh, website, the, he there's a, a Phase 1 lineup, which feels very much like an Ultra Phase 1 lineup. Um, <laughs> really? Where he's got all of these different developers, or um, I guess publishers or developers, developers and publishers, One uh, that are... Yeah, that are going to be included in the Phase 1 lineup from May to August. So that's the four months. May, June, July. Oh, anyways, it didn't sound like four months. So uh, the developers that are listed here are 2K, Activision, Bandai Namco, Bethesda, Blizzard, Bungie, CD Projekt Red. The hell is that one? Um, uh, I'm not looking. Oh, what is that one? Something Extremes? I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> the bigger you make it, the worse it gets. Yeah, what the it's hell super is that? Pixelated. I don't know. I can't tell. Uh, let me see if it's listed on their digital extremes. It's on this digital side. extremes. Okay. Anyways, that threw me for a loop. I'm like, oh, I know all these people. These are all familiar. I'm like, what the hell is that? Yeah, I can't um, say I've ever heard of them. <laughs> EA, fun. PlayStation, Private Division, Private Division. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, um, okay, Diamond Games, <laughs> Private Division, Riot Games, Square Enix, Steam, WB, and Xbox. So where the hell is Nintendo 2020, first of all? Nintendo um, already does their their online things anyway. They've been okay. doing online things forever, so they're but fine. They canceled, they canceled the Direct, apparently, because of like there was this whole thing that went around. And it was like Nintendo apparently told third-party publishers like not to plan for a Direct because they need more time for the first-party games. Because they're having challenges in the work from home environment and, and you know blah 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 blah. So trouble in paradise maybe over there, maybe not. Who knows? Anyways, this is super cool, and this will be presumably the first time that we are allowed to play games from home like this. And as a kid growing up, I would always wish that there was a way for me to try out like the latest Halo game and try out that demo, or the latest whatever it might be demo that you can try at E3 that we've experienced firsthand. You wait three or four hours to play a. 15, 10, 30 minute demo of this game. So bringing that to the home now and letting people try that in the comfort of their home changes the landscape so much because now you're not relying on just the IGNs of the world and the game spots to give impressions, but you're getting positive or negative feedback on social media from everyone that can play the game. So um, yeah. super cool. I'm fully on board. Jeff Keighley continues to push the envelope. He started with the Game Awards. And he has just continued to move forward from there, which I think is just awesome. So, um, Yeah, it's it's really exciting to see. And if you go to the website, summergamefest.com, I actually just went and you can subscribe to the event calendar. Um, and it'll put all of the events on your calendar um, so that you don't have to like worry about missing anything. Um, and I'm looking right here, like kind of the preliminary schedule. Um, so Xbox, which we'll talk about in a, the, literally the next topic. Um on May 7th, on Thursday, they're having their Inside Xbox event, and that counts towards one of the uh, Summer Game Fest events. So that'll be out, added to your calendar. Um, in June, EA is having uh, an event, and that's that'll be put on your calendar. Um, Cyberpunk 2077 will have some announcement, and that'll be put on your calendar. Steam Game Festival, TennoCon, uh, Gamescom, obviously, is the grand finale on August 24th. Um, so it looks really cool. This is, this is really awesome, and I'm really excited to see what this holds because it looks like it'll just be a bunch of announcements all summer long and, and ways to participate so now one thing Good to stuff. note here Ahmed, is i think that there's still stuff to be announced like i don't see oh, anything yeah. here for blizzard or bungie or any of these other uh developers sure. that have talked about 
you know, stuff. So yeah, which yeah. Is the super calendar exciting. thing will be live updated. So like you can, you know, open your calendar and like it, as they add events, they'll add them to the calendar. Oh, link, I see what you're and saying. Then, you're you're subscribing to the actual calendar. Oh, that's pretty cool. Exactly. Yeah. So like now I have Inside Xbox on my calendar yes. <laughs> on Thursday. So. Yeah, so that's super cool. And and speaking of which, I mean, we can go right into that. Um, obviously, inside Xbox is Xbox is literally going for the jugular. Like they are going hard this generation, which is good because they need to. So um, this one comes from inside Xbox. Uh, sorry, Xbox.com, who says Xbox 2020. Join us as we look into the future of Xbox. So we'll kind of skim through this here, but. Uh, starting with the May 7th episode of Inside Xbox, we'll be showcasing what happens next in the world of Xbox every month, which is why we're calling it Xbox 2020. These monthly moments will take place throughout the rest of the year and will be a way for us to engage, connect, celebrate with you about what's in store for the next generation of gaming, including what's next for Xbox Series X, Xbox Game Studios, Xbox Game Pass, and Project X Cloud. Every month will bring something different. Um, For the Xbox 2020 May update, we will focus on giving you a first look at next-gen gameplay, trailers, and sneak peeks from a wide variety of publishing partners and independent independent developers across the globe and industry, including Ubisoft's recently announced Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and hear from creators about what they're doing with their games on Xbox Series X. We'll be confirming games that utilize our new smart delivery feature, which ensures that you always play the best version of the game for the console that you own, across generations, and all the games you see... Uh, will be Xbox Series X optimized, meaning they're going to be built to take advantage of the powerful Xbox Series X features that make the games look and feel incredible, including 4K resolution up to 120 frames per second, direct storage, hardware accelerated DirectX ray tracing, super fast load times, and much more. So this is super cool. The whole smart delivery idea is just beyond smart. I mean, it's like this should have been in place all the while that we've gone generation to generation. Because if you think about how many times a game has been released for Xbox 360 and Xbox One in the same month, it's ridiculous. So The amount of um, times I've bought Super Mario Brothers, give me well, HD remaster. Well, yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah. no, yeah. It's, yeah, this is, it's super smart, and I'm excited to see the first look at the actual gameplay. So what is, what is interesting, so I think they actually showed the boot logo or the boot animation for, is this it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that this video is the boot animation for Xbox Series X. I think. I love a good boot logo. Yeah, so I think that uh, I think that that was shown off. I have to I have to double check. I saw it on Twitter. I didn't look into it though. But anyway, one thing to note here is in this, you know, they go on a little bit about COVID-19 and what's going on, and you know, kind of the weirdness of the world. But what's interesting is they say, so what is in store for 2020? And I'm going to read through this pretty quickly, as quickly as I can. Um, this is a momentous year for Xbox. With our next-gen console paving the way for all of our games and service to come together in even better ways, here's what 2020 looks like, just to start. One, our goal remains to launch Xbox Series X and Halo Infinite this holiday. That immediately squashes all of the concerns and, and, and everything that people have all over the internet and the rumors that have been swirling around about that not being the case, about Halo Infinite possibly being delayed. So that's good to know that both of those are still on track. Uh, two, all 15 Xbox Game Studio teams are hard at work on next-generation games for Xbox Series X and Xbox Game Pass. So not only does that reassure that Xbox is going to bring games in the next couple years for Xbox Series X the same way that PlayStation bought, brought games for PlayStation 4 in like the you know ridiculous succession that they did, but it also proves that they're all coming to Game Pass, which we know, but it's always nice to hear that reassured. Uh, three, the best development teams around the world are, made hard, are working hard to have their games ready to play on Xbox Series X this holiday, which is good. We love a good launch lineup, uh, or a launch lineup. 
Uh, four, for PC players, we plan to support the community by making all our major releases at launch available with Xbox Game Pass for PC, including Halo Infinite, Wasteland 3, Minecraft Dungeons, and of course, Microsoft Flight Simulator. That we is very flying, good to hear. We love flying a plane. And it um, reassures, or further reassures my my lack of, you know, I don't need to buy an Xbox Series X at launch because I have my PC, so it's good. Yeah, well... Yeah, that so that's like first party games, but yeah, obviously, I mean, and third party games will have a PS Five. Everything will be fine. Yeah. Um, okay, five. Yeah, number five. We have new updates and titles lined up for Xbox Game Pass for console and PC, so that's good. Ever growing lineup. Um, obviously, they removed some games here and there as well. And lastly, number six, we're expanding Project X Cloud into new countries and on new devices. And later this year, a Project X yeah, Cloud and Xbox Game Pass will come together, enabling you and your friends to play together in more ways. Which is which is cool. So Project X Cloud going in its own parallel path is awesome. So they wrap it up with it's a lot, and that's saying something in 2020, a year which could be summed up as a lot. With all this in mind, we set out to create new touch points to celebrate gaming and share what's next with our global community. And then we go into the piece that I just read before. Way so, to hype people up. Oh yeah, so it's uh, it's pretty crazy. So which is exciting. Yeah. Um, I think that Xbox has a lot of opportunity to really make a splash, um, even more than they have already with like things like Game Pass and so on. Yeah, because I there's just is, so much room. Yeah, I think this is going to be their their generation. Um, I think they they've primed themselves for you know the past few years eating up all these little developers, whatever, to make like really really strong um, first party games and kind of steal the spotlight from sony a little bit because sony kind of is known for these you know powerful first party games specifically you know the naughty dog and whatnot um so it's exciting to actually have competition now yes it it absolutely is and it'll be it'll be a good fight be exciting to see yeah speaking of exclusives you want to segue into the next one real quick the final kind of xbox ish announcement and then all sure yes uh so halo 2 anniversary coming uh is coming to PC on May 12th. So this continues the uh, Halo Anniversary Collection. Anniversary Collection? Halo Master, Master Chief, Chief Collection. Collection. Sorry. Uh, which So Halo 2 Anniversary uh, was exclusive to the Master Chief Collection when it initially came out, I don't know, a bajillion years ago at this point. 2014. So, oh, 2000, yeah. <laughs> Where did you see 2014? Right here. Oh, anyways, I'm blind. Um, yes. So, oh, anyways. So... <laughs> I, I truly am blind. Another uh, announcement from the Briefing Center. So, <laughs> uh, this one comes from The Verge. Microsoft is bringing Halo 2 Anniversary to Windows 10 PCs on May 12th as part of the Halo Chief Master Chief Collection the company announced today. Halo 2 Anniversary is an HD remastered version of Halo 2, which came out on the original Xbox in 2004. Halo 2 Anniversary originally came out as part of Halo the Master Chief Collection on Xbox One in 2014, as I previously stated. It includes a major overhaul to the game's visuals in addition to the soundtrack and sound effects. Halo 2 Anniversary also allows users to switch back and forth from the original graphics to the updated visuals in the campaign mode. So when before Halo Master Chief Collection came out, there was a heavy rumor that Halo 2 was going to get the remastered anniversary treatment in a standalone package, and then it turned out that they just bundled up everything and, and put it all into one package, calling it the Master Chief Collection package, which is why I think Halo 2 has the ability to switch back and forth between the new and the old graphics, because it was there was more effort put into it at the time. So, yeah. either way, super cool. I was telling Ahmed, I think it would be really cool if we marathon through the Halo games, because they are a ton of fun, um, probably a little dated now more than ever, but it's uh they're definitely something that's that are worth a playthrough 
Um, Halo 2 was my jam back in the day. I will definitely download it just to give it a whirl uh, and see how it is because the Xbox, the Halo games play really well on PC and they look great. So I'm excited to see what Halo 2 looks like because Halo 2 has uh, a lot of fond memories in my heart for uh, just in general. The storyline, the multiplayer that it brought, that was the first game that brought online multiplayer. Um, Halo 1 came out on PC. They released a PC port and that supported online multiplayer. But other than that, Halo 2 was the first xbox game that supported online multiplayer so yeah i gotta say i've never played a halo game so i am down to try them and now that they're on game pass super yeah. easy and at least the first two but yeah indeed all right um i know we're like running overtime here but it's fine because we didn't have an episode last week and there was a bunch of stuff to cover um there is so, and it's not all like negative news too which is good yeah um so this one i mean <laughs> not all negative news the end of overwatch um <sighs> so great you did this fine. not me it's a little clickbaity it's not the end of overwatch um, but notable news, the so kind of MVP of the Overwatch League, Sinatra, who we actually saw live at the Overwatch Grand Finals. He was um, part of San Francisco Shock, won MVP then, and then won MVP again in the World Cup this past, I don't know, a few months ago. I don't know when it was. Um, but he has officially left Overwatch League, um, San Francisco Shock. So this one comes from The Verge. Overwatch's top professional player is moving on to a new game. Uh, ESPN reported that he uh, is... Uh, so he's left, and ESPN is reporting it's so that he can switch to a different title, Riot's new team shooter, Valorant, which dun, we reported dun, on dun. a few weeks ago, and Paul was like, I've never heard of this, and now it's like one of the biggest games on Twitch. Um, but I think it's, so a side cap or side note, tangent, whatever, uh, because of the way to get into the closed beta, you have to watch a Twitch stream for like two or some hours. So I think a lot of people are streaming with like 24-hour streams, of like replays of them playing so that people can watch them and the mm-hmm. viewer numbers are inflated because people are watching to get into the game so i think it's super smart on riot games as part because they're you know building up this hype and they're kind of inflating numbers a little bit but whatever regardless apparently to isn't this game, just a beta it's just a beta so um here Juan will compete for esports organization sentinels sorry jay Juan is the name of uh, sinatra there um, Juan will compete for esports organization Sentinels, uh, the team announced today. Sentinels is also home to Fortnite World Cup champion Kyle Buga Gearsdorf. Um, U- U- earlier, Juan confirmed his departure from the shock and that he's moving on to Valorant in a post on twit, uh, Twitter, tweet longer, whatever. Juan said he retired from Overwatch because he straight up just lost passion for the game, which is understandable because he's probably super overworked. And when you are playing on a professional team, I can't imagine that you have much time to play for fun. You're playing to practice and whatever and when you're playing day in and day out i mean even like we were talking about animal crossing burnout the other day because we're playing so much and that's not even like we're playing for a competitive so i can't imagine the pressure um i don't know when you're playing something for as a job and there's stakes on the line it's i'd imagine it doesn't feel nearly as fun no Um, definitely not and i cannot even you know i can't blame him for overwatch because i mean even watching the overwatch league for the first time for our first time watching it is i mean it's cool but at the same time it's very cookie cutter when you get to like that level of gaming it's like they all choose the same characters or very similar characters they all go through and have a very similar strategy i mean yeah it's uh it's interesting and what's more interesting is the fact that so i was reading uh, i don't remember where it was it like popped in my feed and i couldn't find the article for the life of me but people like industry experts in esports were warning against. So there were rumors that his contract and what pulled him over to Valorant, um, the team was offering apparently like roughly around the 
ballpark of like 20,000 a month, which is insanely high for a game that's literally not even an open beta. It's in closed beta and there's no like established I get people are just so it's kind of like a gold rush, right? Like you want to get all the top players and, you know, invest in them early so that when it gets big, but you don't even know it's going to get big. When like, it gets big, they're cheap. Like you have no idea if it's going to get big. And so there were these industry leaders that were talking on Twitter about it and they were like the same thing happened in the early days of Overwatch where all these like first wave players that they poached from, you know, like TF2 or whatever, uh, you know, they paid all these exorbitant amounts to, to bring them over to their organizations, but those weren't even the players that ended up being good. Like the stars in the game kind of rise later on. Yeah. Um, so it's it's risky and kind of shady, but at least he's getting paid. Good for him, I guess. Someone yeah, it's well. So remember what happened with Apex, where I mean, the game released based on word of mouth, and people were just like, "Oh, I'm here," and there's this game Apex coming out tomorrow, and you know, whatever. And then all of a sudden, that blew up. I think that's what they're trying to do with Valorant as well. Yeah, which I give them credit for doing to try to do that, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's fun. We haven't played it yet. I don't really watch it looks fun. Twitch. It does look fun, but at the same time, like, I don't, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I'm just hoping that these people aren't investing too much money and you know setting it on fire so yeah no i know whatever. i know and but, you know that overwatch will be around for a while so overwatch is not dead no um, overwatch isn't dead overwatch will have a resurgence i think once overwatch 2 comes out absolutely but for now it'll, it'll probably start to get lower on the totem pole in the uh not the mmo space but i guess the well, I guess in technically the, it's like an MMO. It's just not an MMORPG. No, it's not an MMO. Well, massively I guess multiplayer yeah. online. Well, yeah. it's not massively. massively. I guess. Yeah, that's it's true. definitely like a what do they call it? An arena shooter. I think is what it's. No, I don't think it's called an arena shooter. Well, arena shooters are like MOBA or they're like a MOBA game, which is uh, no, I don't oh. know. We're we're butchering everything. <laughs> this shows you we don't know shit about video games. So we're don't fake gamers, us. everybody. Um, Cats Overwatch out of the bag. Team-based multiplayer FPS. That's what yeah. they officially call it. a hero shooter. If a you hero shooter. There you go. That's there we now go. you're thinking with your noggin. <laughs> now you're playing with power. Oh my All god! All right. To bring us home, we have to talk about what the... a garbage article to end with. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I think it was the, the top story of the hour. But no, it is. Um, it is the top story. I agree. It's just you know, it's just shitty what people do. That's all. It's maddening. But there is some there's some gold silver lining at the end there. Um, so obviously this is a spoiler-free zone. We're not going to talk about any spoilers. We're not even going to discuss the possibility of talking nope. about spoilers. Nope. Nothing about that. Nope. Um, but we're going to discuss a little bit about the Last of Us Two leaks. Um, so obviously major major plot points, including the ending of Last of Us Two, have leaked online. Um, and the original kind of conclusion that everyone jumped to was that it was a disgruntled developer that was or a contractor that was like mad at naughty dog for being overworked and they just ended up releasing all the footage because how could they possibly how else could anyone access that footage um it was literally hours and hours of like gameplay like people actually playing the game um uploaded to youtube and since been ripped and re-uploaded elsewhere um so if you're really dying for spoilers go right ahead and google it i'm sure it's super easy to find there's a lot we, of people that are like i'm just gonna watch it because i don't care i'm like why? like why why would you do that it's not how the game was intended anyways um, so Naughty Dog released a statement and uh, they say, we know the last few days have been incredibly difficult for you. We feel the same. It's disappointing to see the release and sharing of pre-release footage from development. Do your best to avoid spoilers and we ask that you don't spoil it for others. The Last of Us Part 2 will be in your hands soon. No matter what you see and hear, the final experience will be worth it. Now what pissed me off about this whole thing 
was wasn't just that it was spoiled because obviously that's maddening, but like morbid curiosity got me, and I was like scrolling through the the, the hashtag of just like the Last of Us or whatever. I didn't, I don't think I saw any specific spoilers. I might have seen one, whatever. I'm just forgetting that I saw it. But um, a lot of the people were like, "Wow, they're really doing that. The ending's terrible." Blah blah blah, and it's like that's not how you're supposed to experience this. That's like reading a Wikipedia article for a movie and reading the last line and being like, wow, this is a terrible movie. Like, what? <laughs> this is like a 40-something hour-long game. That's not... You can't, like, butcher it and reduce it to, like, a sentence that you saw in a tweet and be like, wow, terrible game. Glad I didn't, you know, spend my pre-order money. It was just a lot of trolling and being obnoxious, and that was really pissing me off. But anyway, I'm over it now, for the most part. Um, I, I'm still really pissed off by it because I just... I. I guess where I come from is like, and, and I was telling you a little bit this, but it, it's, it just, it pisses me off so much because it's like, I don't understand why people aim to leak it because then you're just going to have people that troll other people by leaking it. And it's like, I want to experience the game. I've waited a long time to experience the game. And really, you're going to just be like, F you guys, here's a bunch of spoilers and, you know, whatever, go pound sand. And I just... Yes. It, it pisses me off a lot because I think that that's a stupid approach, and I just think that it's, I just think that it's stupid. It's just, it, it doesn't make sense to me. The person that leaked it, I don't understand why. Um, so yeah, I'm sure that there's reasoning, but I could kind of, we can kind of answer this. So I found this article from Inverse. Um, this one comes from Tomas Francese, I think is how you pronounce your last name. Um, but they go into depth. Um, so on May third, reports emerged from Kotaku Bloomberg's. Jason Schreier, which is very interesting to say, not Kotaku's Jason Schreier now. Um, Bloomberg's Jason Schreier and Pixelbutts, a QA tester with inside knowledge about the leak, um, revealing that a specific vulnerability left Naughty Dog open to hackers, eventually resulting in the major leaks. Um, so it wasn't someone on the inside. Um, these are tweets coming from Jason Schreier himself. He says, after talking to two people with direct knowledge of how The Last of Us 2 leaked, as well as some Naughty Dog employees, I have a good idea of what happened. Short version, hackers found a security vulnerability in a patch for an older Naughty Dog game, which we now know uh, to be Uncharted 3, Drake's Deception, and the original Last of Us. Um, oh, really? Okay, I didn't, yeah. I didn't see that part. Yep, and they used it to gain access to, uh, to Naughty Dog servers. Um, I think the footage that leaked is from devs playing it in an early build. Um, he hasn't watched it, Jason being, that is. Um, and most importantly, rumors of this being an act of protest by a contractor whose pay was robbed are not true. Notre, uh, I keep seeing ND and wanting to say Notre Dame. Uh, Naughty Dog actually extended pay and healthcare benefits for contractors due to COVID-19. Um, so this one, this article kind of goes into a little bit of journalistic investigation. Um so they say, what does this say about the fandom? This is just one of the latest major story leaks to plague an entertainment franchise. Everything from Avengers Endgame, Game of Thrones Season 8, and Star Wars Episode 9 suffered major story leaks from people claiming to be fans. When, when said fans don't approve of certain plot details or prominent characters, these kinds of leaks wind up feeling mean-spirited. Literal spoilers meant to spoil the experience for everyone else. We don't know what motivated the leaker behind Last of Us Part 2, but the conjecture we're left with based on comments from Pixelbutts is that they're related to this group of fans. Leakers like this seem to keen on sowing discord among the series fans by leaking divisive story details to the public. This feels like a pattern we've seen over and over again with these kinds of major leaks. We saw it with major Disney movies and even Game of Thrones, and rather than let creators tell their stories in the way they were intended, plot details are seemingly released with the aim of aggravating fans and destroying their enjoyment of the film, TV show, or video game. The narrative becomes that for any fans who don't enjoy uh, where a franchise is going, they can spoil 
the experience for everyone else this way. It represents the most sinister sides of fan culture. Um, so I thought that was a very interesting take on it because it kind of you know, wrapped up my feelings about the whole situation. It's obnoxious, and if you call yourself a fan and then spoil shit for others, like, sure, if you want to go and read it and hack whatever the servers are and, and learn for yourself, go right ahead. But what is the point of, like, ruining these... I don't know, years, literally years, blood, sweat, and tears of development just for fun. It's absolutely infuriating, and I hope they get what's coming to them. Yeah, I 100% agree with everything that was written in that piece, and I think that is it's 100% accurate. I mean, think about when Endgame was coming out, how we were swerving around these pictures, and like, and it turned out that somebody was accurate that had like pictures of every major death and every major plot point, and, you know, it's like, for what? It's like... You know, unless unless it's a disgruntled employee, and then at least I can be like, okay, at least I understand. Like someone's like trying to get back at them, but if it's like someone hacking into it, I'm like, what are you doing? It's like, it just doesn't make sense. It's it's obnoxious. I mean, there's exciting things to leak, like the roster for Super Smash Brothers. Go ahead, leak that. That's not like story spoilers, but like, don't leak the story that you know people have been waiting for for genuinely seven years now. For yeah. what? Uh, but anyways, the silver gold lining, whatever the shiny border. Um, is that the game has officially gone gold and, you know, that means it's ready to print or whatever. It's being sent out to, you know, shipping, all that fun stuff. It'll officially be out on June 19th and Ghost of Tsushima was pushed out because of the Last of Us delay. Um, that'll be also out on July 17th and that'll round out the major PS4 exclusives roster before the release of PS5. Um, so we only have a little over a month more to wait. Um, so... Which I've is which is good. Words, so dude. we just have to, yeah. And I've I've them all muted too. And then I freaking clicked into there was a thread that was about this exact article where it was like Neil Druckmann comments on Last of Us Part Two spoilers. And these assholes are like, you know, you've got like a couple lines of like real news, and then what looked like almost a spoiler. And my eyes like zoomed the other direction, <laughs> and it was like about like, a character dying, but then I was like, I think it said, like, by fanboys or something, and I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna convince myself that was it, so I don't think that that was the spoiler that I saw. So, it's just ridiculous. It really, really, really pisses me off. It's obnoxious, but I'm hoping that even if the spoiler that I saw was true, that, you know, it's not about the ending or whatever, wherever that might fall in the story. It's about... It's about the journey. It is, genuinely. There's 40 hours of story in there or something. Yeah, I don't so know. I'm Neil, Neil Druckmann put out a video anyway. pretty much saying the same thing of like, look, guys, we're excited for you to come and watch or come and play through the game. It's a video game. You have to experience it. You know, just seeing some spoilers online, I can guarantee you it's going to be 100 times better than what you're watching online. So, and I, and I, and I believe that. I mean, when is Naughty Dog ever been uh, you know wrong about their games i mean every game has pretty much been great i, I can't complain yeah so. i mean at the cost of the uh, what's it called i was gonna say cancel culture but that's not what i'm looking for crunch culture culture of well, crunch whatever yeah which we've discussed in previous episodes at length so i won't go into it here but uh yeah naughty dog never disappoints and i hope that all this work is is uh yeah i hope the developers aren't too upset i'm sure it'll still be phenomenal and do great um so yeah, I can't it will. It. It's um, it'll be one of the biggest games of the year, as it always was going to be. Yes, Even just be sure to are. leave uh, leave a hundred gigabytes free on your PS4 because that's apparently how big the game is. It's bigger than uh, Red Dead Redemption Two and the Final Fantasy VII remake, which both came out at around ninety. You don't need a hundred gigabytes if uh, 
You need 100 gigabytes if you're using the disk, do you? You probably do. So it's the install For file. Red Dead Redemption, we had two disks, but it installed off the disks and installed to be roughly 90-something gigabytes. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. You're right. You are, in fact, yeah. right. The disks these days are only ever used for um, DRM, like to validate that you own it. Correct. Okay. All right, good so. point. Good point. Yes. We are past the days of loading off of disks, but... The dog days are over, as one might say. Truly. Whoa-ho. <laughs> Anyways, with that... <laughs> On that, that note, we're out of here. Yes, this extra-long episode of What the Fun Cast, making up for last week. We'll be back next week, hopefully, if there is news, and I don't have a headache or paws and a sleep, so... We'll figure it out. <sighs> I just have to get one lot of final dig in there. All right. That's fine. I deserve it. This has been episode 78 of What the Fun Cast. This is Paul and Ahmed signing off. Peace.